Hello, everybody. Welcome to Now UC TV on a very special treat on the first day of the week. No, I don't like calling it the Sunday, but I just did. Uh, we're going to be going live with Zach and PD. And the topic today, I want to get right into it, guys, in this treat. And I hope these guys take as long as they want and, and really hash this out to edify the body. Uh, it's a really important topic. I just learned, you know, a couple of minutes before I went on that it's what's holding you back and having an eternal perspective. So, I mean, I just got goosebumps. So we're gonna get into this with Zach and PD. I'm gonna go into the background. I'll be checking out the chat room. So if you guys got questions from YouTube or the NIUC TV Fellowship, just post them on. I will post them to the fellas and hopefully they can get to it by the end of the show. And without further ado, I hand it over to you guys. Thanks, John. Awesome. Yeah, so we're here tonight to discuss, as John said, you know, what's holding you back and, and really having an eternal perspective on life. You know, we've we've talked briefly before, you know, it's this we, we, we often fall into this, you know, this endless cycle of life. You know, we, we wake up in the morning, go to work and go to bed. And oftentimes in the midst of all that, we start losing eternal perspective. And we start losing perspective of what God has called us to do and how to walk. And so we're going to really discuss a little bit, you know, starting out, what is the calling that God calls us to, you know, this, what is the universal calling of believers today? And how do we walk that out? And what holds us back? What are the, we're going to explore some common things of what holds us back um, in, uh, in, in walking that calling out. So yeah, Zach is also joining me today. Zach, do you want to say hi? Hey everybody, what's going on? I got a, a long car ride ahead of me, so uh, we could, we could take as long as we want today to talk about this. And, uh, I appreciate you know PD asking me to come on with him and and, and kind of give this a uh, uh, a go and and what I want to say is you know it's it's easy as as believers to get into this mindset well you know I'm I'm a believer now I have faith uh, I know Messiah I'm I'm learning his ways and and us to still lose perspective because we 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 think we have it figured out we think we have it ready to go so I think this is a really important topic, and it's something that you know I still struggle with as as a believer today, and I'm sure many of you do too. Um, is is keeping our, our eyes on the prize, keeping that goal ahead of us, and, and really keeping that uh, eternal perspective that that John and PD both mentioned. Um, so so without further ado, you know what's holding us back, and how can we make sure uh, that we're not allowing the enemy to hold us back from all that God has in store for us. Exactly. You know, it's interesting how Paul, he talked about, you know, running the race and even, you know, someone like the Apostle Paul himself, you know, a really mature <laughs> believer writing most of our New Testament. And he's writing and he's saying, you know, I'm running the race. I'm, I've got the goal. I've got the mission. I'm focused, you know, and that it's that whole thing. We can easily become um, like Zach said, very uh, comfortable. And we can even, even if we consider ourselves as more a mature believer, you can easily go comfortable. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. That's exactly where you um, can, where he can get you. So, you know, to start this off, uh, what I'd like to do is, is share some statistics. You know, um, I, um, it's interesting enough, a few days ago, Barna Group, one of the uh, Christianity's biggest researchers, they released a um, some statistics on the Great Commission, and you know if we if we look at the callings, the calling that God has has called us to walk out, the Great Commission is right up there because it's really one of the last. Well, it is just about the last thing that Yeshua said as just as he ascended into heaven. So he's like, okay, guys, I'm going now, but this 
thing you need to remember. This very thing is so important. I want to submit that when he comes back, we are going, he's going to look at us individually and he's going to see and ask, you know, okay, so this, th this thing I left you with, these, these famous last words that I left you with, what did you do with that? So it's interesting. I want to just share this with you guys quick. Um, so, okay, Zach, can you see my screen? Just want to. Yes, yeah, I can see it. Cool, cool. So, um, you know, this, so Barna Group, like I said, they just did the study. And what it was, they asked the churchgoers, have you heard of the Great Commission? And it's quite shocking that, and this is, this study was done on, on denominations across the board. Um, and it was over a thousand churchgoers that was, that was uh, questioned. And so we see that 51%, they don't, they've never heard of the Great Commission. They don't know what it is. And it actually gets worse because from those who said that they've heard of it, 25% says, yes, but I can't recall the exact meaning. So that leaves us with about 17% of the people, of the, of, of the Christians that they asked, they knew what they've heard about it and they could define it according to scripture. They could say it is this, what we read here in Matthew, go into the world, proclaim the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. Now, you know, I don't know, like that's, that, when I heard this, you know, I know, I knew like it was bad, it was quite bad, like when you look at the, the day and age, but, you know, this statistic just kind of blew me away, you know, that, how little people actually knows what it is and um, and not, have not only heard about it, but also actually knows, can define what it is. And now how many of those are actually then walking it out? It's an even smaller statistic than that 17%. Zach, what do you think about that? Man? I think it's terrifying. And, and, and why is because that's, you know, like you said, that's what we're, we're called to do is to go and make disciples. You know, we're, we're, we're supposed to be a light, right? And so in Matthew 5, when, when Jesus says, he says, you are, uh, you are a, a light to the world. You know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, we're, we're supposed to be shining that light of, of Messiah, of, of God, of, of the Father through us. Um, and, and it's sad to, to say that, you know, we, we talked at the Take on the World Conference about, you know, walking in spirit and truth. And, and many of us instead, we, we go and, you know, point a flashlight and try to pinpoint people's sins and, and, and show them what they're doing wrong instead of, you know, going and, and making disciples, being a lighthouse and drawing them in. Um, and, and so, PD, something you said really kind of reminded me of, uh, of, a, of a parable that, that uh, Yeshua, that Jesus talked about, and it was the parable of the talents. And so, you know, he's, he's giving, uh, it's a parable about a, a king giving these talents and, and the servants are supposed to go, you know, when, when, the, when the king goes away and, and um, they're, they're, you know, it's to, to, to whom much is given, much is supposed to be, you know, taken. And we're, we're supposed to, you know, do something with what God is giving us and not just sit on it. And that's the, the end of the parable is the, the one servant is just, he said, I, I took the talent, I sat on it here, I, I, I still have it for you. And he was called a wicked servant because he did nothing uh, with what was given. And, and that's, that's the great commission in, in that parable is that we are supposed to take what he is giving us. Some is going to be the little things, you know, John and PD and I were, were talking right before we came on and it's, you know, the little things that we do in work sometimes and, and, and being that light in a, in a work environment, it, not everybody is going to have this big prolific, you know, ministry and, and all this, you know, great stuff and, and these things. And they think, well, I can't do anything with, with the kingdom. I can't do anything with 
the gospel. And, and that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be, is to think that I can't make a difference, that I can't make a change, when that's exactly what he's calling us to do. That's exactly what Jesus is calling us to do, is to be that change in every single environment, in every single situation that we're in. Exactly. And, you know, something you said is really big. You know, we are oftentimes so focused on the, can I say, the big stuff, the revelations and all the, you know, but and then we miss the simplicity in this. You know, we're going to, I just want to um, just quickly read this passage. You know, here in Matthew 28, this is where the Great Commission is given. And so there's three big things that he defines it as. He says, number one, make taught ones, make disciples. Number two, immerse them. Okay, that means baptize them. And then he says, teaching them to guard all that I have commanded you. Now, you know, like I said, you know, oftentimes we can get so caught up on our personal uh, walk and our personal like uh, development, and which is really good, obviously, studying the word and all that. But then we forget that the gospel by nature is something that we're supposed to give. It's God, Yeshua, all that he came to do is give, give, give from the day he was born to the day he died, and he calls us to do the same thing. You know, I want to just to just prove this point further. When we, I'm going to just scroll, go down here on this article. Anyone can go and read this. This is like a few days ago. Barna Group posted this. And so they talked here about the, um, the, uh, different, the, the different uh, generations and how they broke it down to the different ages. And so as you can see here, like the, the millennials, right? Those who have said they've heard of and remember the Great Commission is only 10%, okay? The, those who were from Generation X, that's like from the 60s till about the 80s. They're like 17%. And then we, when you go back further, like from the 40s to the 60s, that's like 26% of people. And 29% uh, is, is those even older, those born before from like 1946 or so. You know, and it just shows you how this incredible decline and in how with each generation, you know, with these age groups, they, they, they know less and less about what this Great Commission is. Why? I want to submit that it's because we're, this generation is, and as the generations go on, we're becoming more and more self-focused, focused on ourselves, on our personal, all that, you know, and, and it can even be like a, a, a it can be an unhealthy ba balance even when we, um, let me just unshare my screen here for you guys quick. Cool. It can it can even be an unhealthy balance, you know, as a believer when we when like I said, when we're so focused on just our study, but we don't focus on this outward calling that God called us to to reach up the nations. Exactly, and and we. we we live in, in a society right now, it's, it's this whole idea of, of self-love, right? And we, well, we have to love ourselves first before we can, we can love others. And, and this whole idea um, of, of, again, me, 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 I, 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 when Yeshua came to, to tell us the very opposite. He, he said, you know, that, that, that those who serve will be served. And, and we're going to, you know, see that calling and see that fulfillment uh, when we can serve others and when we can love others and and he didn't you know everyone always says that he gave us you know two two new commands with love god and love others but he was giving us the the fullness of of what we're missing and and, and sadly you know even as people you know come into the the torah movement and understand how his instructions and his laws are, are so beautiful and so perfect for us uh, they start to lose that they start to forget that and that's another thing that can hold us back that's another thing that can that can restrain us from from 
pushing this kingdom forward is that we, we start to lack love because we still make it about us. It turns into self-righteousness. Well, I'm going to learn all of these laws and I'm going to learn all of these feast days and, and it becomes about me, 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 so I can learn more, so that I can grow, so that I can increase. And it, we, we lose sight on, hey, this is supposed to be a relationship with the Father. We're supposed to be growing in Him. That's the sole purpose of His commands and His instructions. And, uh, you know, we, we, we truly need to remember that it's to love God and love others. That's the, that's the fullness of His commands. And that's how we can, again, start seeing this, this great commission go forth. Amen. You know, and so, you know, I think it comes down to this, you know, like these three big bullet points that is in this great commission, you know, the one that I mentioned of making disciples, baptizing them and then teaching them the commandments, you know, we need to look at those and be like in our lives, am I actively doing that? Is there right now on my calendar, some place there, is there something going on where I'm going to be discipling people? I'm going to be teaching the commandments. I am going to, I want to baptize. I'm doing things to go step towards that. You know, you, you'll never be able to baptize someone if you're not out making disciples and vice versa. You'll never be able to teach the commandments if you're not out there looking for someone to teach them too. You know, it's not going to happen on its own. We need to go from the day, from day one and step out and start walking in these things. You know, um, the, you know, I think a lot of people have this as I've, I've got a false perception in that we need to first reach the some kind of a a high standard of of knowledge and whatever. You know, we need to have been studying for like 10 years and be this like many people have got this idea of, you know, it's the pastor and that's the guy who does the discipling. I just take him to the pastor. No, no, no. You know, from day one, you know, when we get baptized, when we come to Christ, that's when we need to start already being like, okay, I want to now also learn and I want to make disciples from what I have already learned, you know? So, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to just, you know, go further with this. You know, we, um, like Zach said, we have got our individual, we've all got an individual calling. Like I'm called to something different than Zach, maybe and Zach, some, something different than someone else. Not everyone is called to this big ministry or whatever. Not everyone is called. Some are called to be doctors. Some are called to be lawyers. Some are, you know, to, in other words, to, to spread the gospel in the courtroom or in the hospital or in the classroom if you're a teacher or and your family, you know, you're, if you're like a mother, etc. And the, the thing is, but regardless of what your individual calling is and where God has called you as an individual, it all comes back to this, what we're talking about here, this universal calling of, of walking this out and making disciples. Exactly. We hit the nail on the head. And, and that's something that, you know, uh, we've been discussing in, in, in my family over, over this last week. And, and uh, you know, uh, my wife, uh, my, my beautiful wife, she, she always says such amazing things. And, and this week she said something that, that really touched me. And she said, you know, my ministry is, is my kids in, in, in my house. And so you might not see that in, in the streets. You might not see that on Facebook. But she, her ministry, her calling is to raise our children and train them up in, in the ways of God. And so you know, everybody out there, we, we have a calling, we have a, a, a ministry in, in bringing people to the Word. It, it might not look like everybody else, but it is, that, that is our calling, that we, we all first and foremost are, are loving God and bringing people to him and, and to his knowledge. That's what that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. And again, it's not taking our Bibles out and, and hitting people over the heads with it till they till they get it. But it's loving them 
in, in showing God and showing his kindness and showing his instructions through, the, through those situations that, that they can, you know, come to us and say, you know, PD, what, what's different about you that, that you're always so happy, that you're always so kind, that you're always so willing to, to go out? And, and then we can share with them this, you know, this gospel and this amazing message. Um, because that, that was the original evangelism, right? In, in Deuteronomy, Moses is telling the people, he says, you will be so blessed when you go into the land because you're following my ways, that other nations will come to you and say, who is this God that you're serving? And what are his wondrous ways that you're following that you're so blessed? And, and, and that's how we can move this kingdom forward. That's how we can, you know, start this great commission is, is by, by living it day in and day out. And like PD said, you know, we're, we're, we're not just, you know, sitting around waiting for it to happen. Boofers. We, we, need to, we need to be actively pursuing this so that we can see the kingdom come forward. Amen. And, you know, a lot of times that whole thing that you just described, that love that we go and we pour out for others, that changes us like in an incredible way. You know, I remember, you know, before, you know, when I kind of I came to Torah and all that, I started, you know, following God's commandments, trying to my best. And but I, I never like this, what we're talking about, it wasn't in my life. And but when I started implementing it into my life and changing my walk in that way, focusing on that more, I started seeing a big change in my heart for people. You know, I was able to suddenly now love people more. And because I was there was a coldness before, you know, I just didn't feel like it kind of thing. But then God came and changed me, changed my heart. But it was not by just studying the Bible. It was going and actually doing the Bible. It was actually going and 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 loving on people. That's the, the greatest commandment, you know, love your neighbor. And so, you know, yeah, that it, it absolutely it's it does wonders for our faith, but it in the same time it it, it brings in disciples and it builds his kingdom for, uh, more. So um I'd like to so what what we'd like to do further now is you know, we would like to discuss some of the, like we, we talked about, the title of this video is What is Holding You Back? And so we would like to discuss some of the general issues, the, the big lies that we believe or, you know, the things over the flesh that stands in the way of this thing that we've been talking about from the beginning of this video. You know, and, you know, so I've got a, we've got a few points here that we want to discuss. Um, you know, the first one that I want to bring up is how we oftentimes say, and this is probably the most one of the most common is you know how we say that we don't have time i don't have time to you know to go out onto the streets or to pray for people or to you know whatever the case is and because of that you know and especially i think when we start working and we start getting married and we start getting kids and all this stuff starts happening this becomes more and more of an an issue right but the fact of the matter is you know is that what is the most important thing in your life is what is what you will devote your time to. We are not really talking about a, a we don't have time issue. We're more talking about an issue of prioritizing your time. Um, and that, you know, we can go to work and we can come home and we can look after our family, we can feed our family, we can make sure that the kids are doing well, we can look after our wife, love our wife properly, do all those things. But then we don't read our Bible and then we have failed our family in that action because we cannot be a good father, for example, if you if you don't have that um, and you don't spend time with God. And then not only reading your Bible, but then going out 
with your kids, for example, and being like, hey, guys, we're, this weekend, we are this, this Shabbat or this today, like, like this Sunday, we're going to go out and we're going to go feed the poor or we're going to go do something that is going to be ma and making disciples that is going to lead to baptism and that is going to be us teaching other people about our God and his instructions. So I love what you said about not the fact that we don't have time, but we're not prioritizing our time. So none, none of us would say, you know, well, I, di I didn't have time to eat today. Well, you know, <laughs> John in the hospital might, might say that every once in a while, but you know, you, you couldn't go very many days with doing that, right? We, we would, we would cease to exist. We, we would, we would no longer be able to live if we just said, Oh, didn't have time to eat today. You know, I'm, I'm not going to eat. Well, you know, what is the word of God compared to, but bread. And it says that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word, that comes from the mouth of God. So if, if we can find time to eat, you know, and, and nourish our, our bodies, we, we need to make sure we're finding that same time uh, to nourish our spirit. And because that, that is true bread, that is, that is true nourishment for us is, is the word of God. So it's, it's like you said, PD, it's, it's not that we don't have time, it's that we're not making time. And, and we need to prioritize and, and, and put him first. And, and so whether that means waking up you know, a little bit earlier in the morning so that the first thing that we can do is get into the word. You know, that, that's what's going to lead us and, and start us on that day, you know, because it's going to to reveal to us. It's going to show us. It's, it might give us, you know, the, the, the words to say when we encounter that person on the street or when we encounter that person at work or, or when we encounter that, that soul that needs saved. Well, God's going to give us those words to say because we're abiding in him. And, and so, you know, over and over through scripture, uh, you know, Yeshua, Jesus is always saying that we have to abide in him as he abides in the Father. And, and that's what it means to, to be in, in, in the word. And now that, that's what it means to, you know, be putting our, our, our time and our energy into it so that we can literally have that, that bread, uh, that, that he is the bread of life. Yeshua says, I am the bread of life. Uh, and we, we won't be going hungry in, in, in our spirits when we are, are prioritizing that time and, and truly putting him first. I mean, that's good, man. And, you know, I think it, I love what you said about the food analogy, you know, and it's I think it comes down to like, if you've got time to eat, you've got time to do what we're talking about, you know, and if you don't have time to do what we're talking about, then you don't have time to eat because it's more important than eating. And so, you know, you know, the, the thing is, that the words, yeah, you want to add? Well, you could do it at the same time, right? If, if you get a lunch break at work, you know, put, put, put your headphones on and, and, and put the, put the Bible app on, you know, or I, I, uh, instead of listening to music in the car, I, I let my Bible app play and I just, I, I meditate on it even, and even if, if we can't, you know, dedicate 110% of our attention to it, or, or, or we're, we're, we're listening it, we're hearing it, we're, we're meditating on it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm constantly, you know, saying I, I might not hear everything, but, but God's going to open, open my, open my ears at the moment when, when, the, you know, that verse is coming that I truly need to hear that he, that he wants me to hear. So just allowing, you know, the, the, the scriptures to play, we have all of this awesome text technology. Let, let's put it to use for good. Um, and, and, you know, allow ourselves to, to listen and, and really get into the word. Amen. That's good. You know, and you know, the other thing is also, you know, it comes down to really, if we don't make time for it, it's, it comes down to that. We think that we've got better things to do. You know, and, you know, it, it kind of brings to mind the story of Yeshua and the Garden of Gethsemane with the disciples, you know, where they, you know, this was this, this, this final hour, if you will, and they were, they kept falling asleep, you know, and they, and it was, a, it was a battle of the flesh that they were having because, and so see, they just couldn't see the value of simply staying awake and praying 
that Yeshua saw at that moment, you know. And, you know, insert, instead of praying anything else kingdom-minded, you know, God calls us to lift up the spiritual matters and to walk in the spirit um, above the things of the flesh um, if, if, if we have to, like, you know. And, and so, you know, and the other things that we, there's other things that we also find as, think as better to do by our actions because our actions speak louder than words. If we, for example, go and we play video games all day and we don't do any of those, you know, we don't go and we don't seek to make disciples and walk this out, uh, the Great Commission. And yeah, you know, spending hours before the TV, you know, this is all things like we've discussed, I discussed earlier with the different, like this generation, you know, these are all things we've got so more distractions today than ever before. And we need to make a conscious decision. And this is, has to be a conscious thing of, I am going to devote time to God. And for me, you know, personally, that's why the Shabbat is such an amazing thing is, where you can now go and you can do these things, not just study the word, not just do a Torah portion or, you know, all that, which is amazing and I love, but then also going, actually going out and walking it out. You know, um, we, Friday night, um, I went with a group of people and we just went to the street. They're just going to make an example for you guys. You know, we went to the streets uh, like an hour's drive away into the city and, you know, we just took hot food and we set up a table like in the middle of nowhere, we just drove somewhere and where we know there are some homeless people nearby and we just called them and we just gave them some food and stuff, you know, and, and in that we're proclaiming, we're telling them, this is, you know, this is Jesus. He loves you, you know, and man, the, 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 the faces that you, you see it on those people, they're so happy, so grateful. They're like, that you you can just see the love of God on them because they see action. They see it's not just a Christian who goes and says, oh, but there's action behind it. And so, you know, it's not enough to just go and preach in, in terms of to make a Facebook status and all that. We need to go and do actions towards the lost too and those who, who need to see uh, the works of the gospel in the kingdom. So, yeah. Exactly. And I, I was just going to, I was going to, I was looking up James too here to where, where he really talks about that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so, it's so easy to, to say something, right? It's so easy to, to, to find words or to, to regurgitate scripture, but really prioritizing going out and doing something is, is how this needs to evolve and how this needs to, to change. And, and that's true growth you know, when, when we come into the word. So, you know, he says, you suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, get and eat and get well. Uh, but you don't give that person food or clothing. What good does that do? See, so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and useless. And that's James, James two and in, in, in verse 14. And, and, you know, Yes, we need to study. Yes, we need to get into the word. Yes, because it's that's that's living and it's active. But but it's supposed to be more than just words. It's supposed to be more. The, the, the word of God is supposed to transform us. It's supposed to convict us. It's supposed to move us to action. Because I could talk to my family. I could talk to my friends about what the word of God says all day, every day. But how is that going to change their life unless they see me living it out? Unless me, they, they see me showing them that true love you know everybody talks about you know uh you know missions and wanting to go on you know great mission trips and, and doing all this great stuff uh for third world countries and, and why that yes that definitely needs done 
we could do this in our backyard. We could do this to our, to our neighbors and our friends down the street. It just takes prioritizing. It takes, you know, it takes a, a willing effort to be able to do that. And that, that's something that I, I'm guilty of, you know, I'm, I'm not standing up on a, on a podium and, and uh, on a, on a high horse because I, I work a nine to five. I, I work 40 hours a week. I have two children and, and a wife and a house to take care of. You know, it's easy to fall into that trap. Well, you know, this week was a tough week and, and, and maybe I'll get I'll get it next week. Well, we might not have next week. You know, we, we might not get that opportunity to go out and impact. So it's all about prioritizing. You know, yes, God comes first. Yes, our family. But we, we need to make time, you know, for for furthering the kingdom, as, as PD is saying. Amen. You know, so. Just before I move on to the second one, I just want to answer a question we got from YouTube uh, quick. Um, so, so someone asked, so are we saved by faith or are we, or what is the keeping of the Torah then for? You know, and I'm assuming like, you know, like I, I just want to clarify and that, you know, what we're talking here about is not about working for our salvation or, you know, as you know, I should do all these things so that I can be saved. No, no, no. We're, we are talking about these things because we are saved. We're talking about these things because they are the fruits that are produced as the evidence of our faith in what Christ came in, in what Christ did for us and our belief in him. We're saved by grace and by faith in him alone. And then these works are works of the spirit and good fruits that come from doing these things. So it's very important to draw that line and make sure that we're not we're not trying to start working for our salvation because that's a really dangerous road as well. Where because then you'll never be able to do that. You'll 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 never be good enough, you know. Um, and like Zach said, I'm, I, I speak the same. You know, I'm I make mistakes. I wish I could do more. I'm constantly like that as well, you know. And um, yeah, so it's important, you know, that it doesn't become a works mindset either. And, and, it, and it can be other things too, right? Like um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they, they open their doors every weekend uh, to host a, a Sabbath fellowship. Um, and, and, and why, you know, on the outside, that, that might not seem like a lot. They are, they are constantly, you know, preparing food the day before to put out. Uh, they, they are allowing, you know, sometimes strangers into their homes. And, and, and they are putting forth an effort, you know, to, to allow people to come in. You know, so it's, it's little things that we can do that really make a big impact but but like you said pd uh, again it's it's not that that works bring about faith the the faith that we have should bring about these works and 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 so you know if 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 you're lacking belief or if you're lacking faith that that's the first thing that we need to work on and and, and that's the first you know conclusion we need to come to because um you know i, I was probably there at one point in, 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 in my life where it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm teetering on my faith. I'm teetering on my belief. So I'm going to go out and do a bunch of things. I'm going to go out and, and get baptized. I'm going to go out and, and do these works. I'm going to, I'm, cause they're going to make me feel good. And I'm going to have a, a stronger belief in God. Well, it, it doesn't work like that. You're just going to find yourself deeper and deeper in, in, into that, into a hole. Uh, what we need do is make sure that that our faith is there first and that our faith is strong in him and then the, the living god will will convict us and, and act us and it'll bring forth this fruit which is the works that we're going to see i mean that's really good man so yeah then i, I want us to move on to the next one um you know um this is another common kind of i guess issue you know that we have and that holds us back and that is this this thought of i'll do it later you know and it kind of really ties in with with the first one, but it speaks more to procrastination as well. And, and really also with, you know, when we think about procrastination, 
you know, I think of, you know, oh, next week, like, like Zach, you said a bit earlier, you know, oh, this week's been a rough week, next week I'll do it. Or, you know, um, next month, next, whatever. But we may not have next week, you know, we, we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know how long we're going to live. And like I said in the beginning, you know, one day we will come to the Father. And like Zach also talked about the, the talents that were entrusted to us, what are we going to do with that? And he is going to look at what we were entrusted with. And if you were entrusted with an incredible revelation of his word and, and like uh, the, the Torah and, and the commandments and keeping them and all these things, but you never shared it, that is a big problem because you were entrusted with a lot to begin with versus someone who ha didn't have that. So, um, you know, it, it's... It, the poor procrastination thing, it talks a lot to um, a lack of, of self-control, which is not a fruit of the Spirit. You know, fruit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is having self-control and that I am going to discipline my flesh, discipline myself and make sure that I go along and, and do these things that I'm thinking about, not just putting them off because I don't feel well today. I want to submit, you know, this is kind of funny, but it happened to me a lot. I don't know. I think it happens to some people that, you know, the day like I'm so I'm like so amped and ready to like do I plan for something and I'm like gonna do it. And then when that day comes, it's like the worst day ever and everything goes wrong and I just worst day at work ever. And I just don't want to go that night and do anything anymore. I just want to sit at home and watch TV or you know, it's like that. But that's the very night that you need to go out. That's the very because why do you think you're having a bad day? Like the enemy doesn't want you to go out. And so, you know, like I said, we need to discipline our flesh and Make sure that we put action behind our thoughts, our plans, and, and et cetera. And this is an idea that, that really hits home for me, and it's really convicting to me because we just had a death in, in our family uh, this past week. And so all week I was, I was thinking about, you know, man, what could I have said? What, what could I have done? What, what could of the extra step been that I could have taken uh, to, to talk to this individual? Um, it was a, a relative on, on my wife's side of the family, someone I didn't really know very well, but someone I still did have interaction with, someone that I still, you know, saw at, at family gatherings. And, and instead of, you know, being quiet or, or being prideful or, or, or sticking to myself, what could I have said that, that could have, you know, made a difference? What could I have said? And, and so this whole idea of procrastination, I'll put it off, I'll put it off, I'll put it off, you know. It'll, it'll happen. We, we like to blame, uh, we like to put the blame on God a lot, right? We like to say, well, it's going to happen in God's timing. It's going to happen in God's timing. Well, well, God might be pushing you to do it now. And, and we can't just keep pushing the blame off. We, we can't just keep waiting until the next week because we might not have that, that opportunity. Um, and, and one thing that we can learn in, in our, in our faith is that, uh, when, when we have that, you know, uh, you know, small voice in our head, that we first hear and we say, oh, well, maybe I was just, you know, thinking the wrong thing. That, that's usually when the voice of God is, is speaking to us. And then the enemy drowns it out. And then we, we overthink things and then we drown that voice of God out. But we need to work on hearing from him uh, so that we know when the time is right to act. And because he is going to truly reveal that to us. And he is going to give us to say, for one, if we're not making time for him, we're not going to know what his voice sounds like. We're not going to be able to hear him if we're not putting him first, if we're not sticking to his, we're not reading his word, um, and, and we're not staying diligent in that. So so one and two really go hand in hand because if we're not prioritizing where he is in our life, 
it's going to easily lead to to procrastination and putting it off more and more and more. You reap what you sow. And in Galatians 6 talks about that. It talks about, you know, where we put our time, where we put our energy, we're going to see I think we just lost you, Zach. Maybe you can just repeat that when you come back. Zach will come back. I just want to say something real quick because I saw him start to break up. But I wrote something this morning, and I was in deep thought about this very topic, guys. And uh, I just want to read it out loud and see what you guys think. Uh, and it goes It's I got goosebumps again. I stated our modern world claims that life is all about me. It invites us to indulge, consume, experience, and experiment. The word of our Messiah invites us to follow him, obey Yahweh, to obey and serve. Every moment is a choice between the two. Some moments are easier than others. Choosing him allows us to shalom during those tough choices. As Zach says, he's witnessing at a funeral. It's a very tough situation. People are mourning. People are sorrowful. But that is the time to console, compassion, and to present the Messiah to those who are lost or have a, uh, a different view of our master. And those, those difficult choices, when you hear that small voice, as Zach said, listen to him. He's opening the door for you to witness to somebody. And it's so important that we do that. That's what we're called to do. As you guys said earlier, we're called to go, to do, to be proactive. That's our job here on this earth is to present the Messiah to the lost and to raise up and lift up our brothers and sisters who are broken. Sorry about that, Zach. I just jumped in when I saw you start breaking up, and I told you guys I wouldn't jump in, but I did anyways. It's a Kentucky <laughs> boy in. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ho hoping you guys can, can hear me now. We were probably going through a, through, through a dead spot. So, But isn't it amazing how the Spirit of God works, that, that he is, uh, you know, we were preparing this show today. John probably didn't even know that he was going to be hosting, and uh, and he was led by the, the same Spirit to, to write that post today. And so uh, how amazing is the God that, that we serve? Uh, because, you know, when, when Petey asked me to, to come on and, and that this is what he wanted to be talking about, it's, it's very things that God was working uh, out of my flesh and, and out in me. And, and that's, you know, that's what we go through on these journeys. We, we go through the, these periods of wilderness time where he's going to refine us, where he's going to, to work this out of us. And, and it's all about uh, reaping what we sow. I don't know if, if that's where I started cutting out, but, you know, scripture talks about that over and over again, where we invest our time is the harvest that we will see if if, if we're if we're reaping seed I mean, if we're if we're sowing seeds of the flesh if we're if we're sowing seeds of, of our fleshly desires then those are the results that that's the fruit that we're going to see but if if we're planting you know seeds of, of righteousness and of goodness then that's the fruit that we're going to see from it so where we spend our time is and where we put our mindset is is so important uh, because there's biblical principles behind that in the works Amen. You know, and, you know, I think that I just I just want to build on that, you know, it brings us to our fourth point, you know, and it's like a lot of the times I think we we think that, you know, I don't have we don't have the skills to to do it or we, we don't feel good enough or, you know, um, all these things where maybe you're a brand. Maybe if you're listening and you're a brand new believer, you got baptized yesterday and, you know, whoa, these things sound way over my head. But but no, it's, you know, it really brings to mind, for example, the, the story of Moses, you know, most common 
one I can think of where, you know, he can't, God told him about this commission that God gave him to lead Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And he's like, no, I'm not a good, I'm not good with this. I don't have the skills. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not whatever, you know, uh, use Aaron instead. And he pushes Aaron in front and says, Aaron, you, you let God speak through you and you know, you can help me and whatever. But God wants to do it through you as the disciple. You are the one that God wants to come. And he, you know, a lot of times God calls us into places. And as I, I'm sure you can attest to this too, you know, where he call, He gives you a calling oftentimes where it's it doesn't make sense because your weakest point oftentimes is the very thing that needs to be so strong to accomplish the calling that he placed on your life. I mean, for me, for example, you know, I was the kid in school who I was so afraid of people, the shyest guy in class. When I, when we had to do go in front and speak, like I totally freaked out. Like I, I still remember the one day when I was like in, in school and I got in front there, I had my whole speech and everything written down and ready to go and i got there and i hit this huge blank and i i read the first line and i just i couldn't read anything else because i and i was and i just went and i went went to take my seat back again and the teacher was just like oh you know and but see god used that he used my weakness for example and he's like well you i'm gonna use you because now i know it's not me i know it's god you know and so god wants to do that in everyone's lives whatever your skills are you know, it's not, don't worry about that. Go and hear, ask him, what do you want me to do? Let him tell you and don't be like Moses and chicken out, but go and just do it. You, you took the words right out of my mouth because uh, when we don't have the skills, that, that is just showing even more the power of God that, that can be used through us, you know? So, so when, when you go and you're, and you're talking to somebody, it, it, it's not, no longer it's about me. It's the power of God working through me. You know, we, we can we can build up these skills. We can build up these these qualifications. You know, we can we can go back to school and, and get PhDs and all these letters after our names. But that's not going to impact somebody like like the true word of God, like the true gospel message will. Uh, my, my grandfather was a pastor. My mother was a teacher. And if uh, you would have asked me growing up, the, the two things I knew for sure I wasn't going to be when I grew up, it was a pastor or a teacher. And now that's the only two things that I enjoy doing is, is sharing the word of God and, and teaching others how to do so. And, and that's the power of God in you. That's the power of, of God. When, when you don't have the skill and he is the one doing it, what an impact that is. So, so if, if that's an excuse, I don't have the skill, uh, I'm going to let somebody else who's, who's more prepared, or I'm going to let somebody else who's more studied, or I'm going to let somebody else who, who has had experience with, with casting out demons, or if I'm going to let somebody with experience who's, who's healed people before do it. That's the enemy trying to hold you back because we don't need skills. We, we are vessels for God to work through us. It's his power. It's his might. It, it's, it's, it's not Zach. It's not PD. It's not John Hall. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that is working through us as, as vessels. So, so prepare yourself as a vessel. You know, say, say, start in the morning. Say, God, I don't know who I'm going to see today. I, I'm not sure what, you know, you're going to put in my path. But equip me to be able to do it. Whatever that might be, whatever that might look like, as small as it might be or as big as it might be, God, just prepare me today to do so. And, and he will. He, he is, he's not going to put us in situations that he is not going to be able to act through us. 
I mean, it's so good, man. And, you know, it just comes down to this. I think we need to just remember and understand, like you said, it's not us. And it's it's actually by dying to yourself. It's about going and saying, God, I am actually absolutely useless at this. You need to do this because I cannot do it. And if you don't do it, then I cannot accomplish anything. I cannot breathe another breath if it's not for him. And if you if you don't understand and believe that, then, you, then the spirit can't work because you're going to try and strive and try and make it work in your way but you know it's about actually just giving it up and being like god you need to do it i don't know how and let him work and you know then after you pray the prayer like zach said then you need to go out you know and you need to now go and put an action behind it you need to go and say okay i'm gonna put myself out there i don't know how i'm gonna do it i've it's, it's beyond my reach it feels like you know beyond the reach of my flesh but i'm gonna put myself out there i'm gonna trust god that his spirit will come and work through me and 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 talk and change and do whatever he wants to do um, for people. Um, and, you know, that's like it connects, you know, with, you know, a lot of people would also say, well, you know, like what you talked about, um, you, you, you never wanted to be a pastor. You know, the same with me. I never wanted to do this. <laughs> but, you know, and a lot of people would also come and say, you know, well, but I don't have a ministry. You know, I don't, it's, it's, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, it's not my calling to, but no, but we we just read the great commission. This, the, these, ba the basics is a calling for us all to go and make disciples. And so, you know, it's not about, oh, I don't, I'm going to leave this to the pastor. It's not my ministry. It's not, you know, whatever your individual calling is and wherever you're in as an individual, whatever workplace, whatever, whatever, you know, we need to always make sure that we still bring this full circle and bring it into our lives, into that calling where God has placed us. And so, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that just reminds me of, of, of what discipleship is, you know, too, too often in, in the mainstream church that I, that I grew up in, um, you, you see these, you know, powerful prayers. You see these people coming to the altar and, and you see them being baptized. But, what? you know, we're always looking for we're always looking for the, the, the next person to, to bring in and do that and have that experience with. But we mm. need to continue a, a discipleship program. We need to continue reaching out to them. We need to continue helping them grow, because it, if not, you know, the, the enemy will come in and, and choke, choke them out. You know, it, just like the parable of, of the, the sower and, and the seeds, you know, we think that, you know, we, we look at us like, okay, well, we're the ones sowing these seeds. Well, no, God is the one sowing the seeds and, and we are the soil, you know, we're, we're going to be uh, this soil. Do we want to be a, a soil that is, is dry and hard and, and, and is, doesn't allow this, this seed to grow? We need to make sure that we're helping others have that, that good soil for this plant to grow. We, we can't just get them to this, you know, conversion moment and, and have them baptized and and then allow them to fall off the path because we, this is a journey like you said in the beginning running a race we, we, we need to make sure that we're, we're standing there uh, we're running alongside of them with a water bottle and, and a towel and when, when they're getting fatigued that, that we're helping them uh, along this journey that that is what discipleship is and that's what ministry is it, it's it's not you know having all of the answers or knowing all of the scriptures inside and out but it's helping somebody grow so so again don't use i don't have a ministry as as an excuse because we all have a ministry we all call each and every one of us and jesus told us when he says go and make angels that is ministry and, and even if it's if it's one person or so what we have to do is, is making sure that they can continue in this in this journey with us. 
Amen. And you know, the big one of the big problems with you know with what you mentioned of, the, of when we don't have the ongoing discipleship thing is when we go and we leave it all to one person, like the pastor of the church, the head of the church or whatever. And, you know, that's never what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be believers all having a ministry and on as on your own, you've got your ministry, you know, you've got your lifestyle and you are bringing people. You're not just recruiting people to join your church, but you're actually you're actually bringing people in by having relationship with a personal relationship, meeting them, discussing with them, talking with them, you know, having that ongoing thing. I mean, a pastor can't have that with a hundred people with 50 people with even 20 people, like effectively, you know, we need to be as individuals, we need to go and go and we need to, you know, you know, of course, bring, let them come and join your fellowship. That's amazing. But you need to have a hand in that person's life, keep them accountable, be a friend to them, disciple them, you know, share the scriptures with them. You can go, you can go forth and baptize. You can go forth and do all these things that God calls to do. It's not just about taking their hand and giving them to the pastor and then that's it. And we go for the next one, you know, multiplication and, and this whole thing, what we saw in the first century, it was this model of, of of everyone having a hand in it and not just leaving it to one person. We see Paul, he talked about how he left baptism to his associates in many cases, you know, and it's just that it, there was a working together. It wasn't just a one-man show. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's Paul even says at one point, you know, I, I'm thankful I didn't baptize you because you can't say that you were baptized in the name of, of Paul. You know, we're baptizing in the name of, of Jesus. We're baptizing in, in Yeshua. It doesn't matter who's doing it. it. It goes back to that idea of I don't have the skills or I don't have the ministry. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's the power of God moving through us. That's all that matters. Amen. Exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I actually read that scripture like I think yesterday. You know, when Paul was like, "I, I'm glad I didn't baptize you guys because you're just going on and and saying, oh, I was baptized into Paul, like Paul baptized me, kind of thing." You know, and it's it's true. Like because, and he's saying, "Hey, you know, he left it to his associates because it's not about who does it." Like, and that's that's even for us. That's a good thing because it means that I don't have to be this massive, like, boom, some like crazy like prophet or i don't know what like you know it's just like you as an individual you can just go and you can baptize and god is the one who does the work he's the one who falls with his spirit we just need to believe that's all we need to do it's not rocket science it's not hard it's simple and it's for us all you know and you know it, it kind of brings into you know the other problem that we have is um that uh i think a lot of us we feel disqualified because we feel taken away from this calling or this thing by our sin. You know, we feel guilty. The enemy comes and he's like, you know, um, oh, you did this sin again today. And, oh, you know, you can't go out and you can't do these things. You're a hypocrite. Or, you know, the enemy will, this is a big thing, I think, you know, where the enemy comes and tries and puts us on this guilt trip with this. And, uh, you know, I just want to read this one verse here. And, and one, 1 John 1 verse 9 to 10, we read, if we confess our sins, he is trustworthy and righteous to forgive us the sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And, you know, what he's really saying is we have all sinned. If we say we don't sin, we're a liar. I sin, Zach sin. We're all, we all sin. Okay. But 
we are we are we are trying our best to be obedient to his instructions we're running after him. we're running the race we're like father help us to look more like you every day and when we do sin like he says in 1 john 1 verse 9 when we do sin we have yeshua we have his atone his atonement for us that is why he died he died so that we can have that to fall back to. And I just want to read this one more verse, 1 John 2 verse 1. He says, my little children, I write this to you so that you do not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an intercessor of the Father, Yeshua Messiah, a righteous one. And he himself is an atoning offering for our sins, and not only for ours, but also uh, for all the world. And by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. that's it right by when we keep his commandments because he is going to allow us to overcome that sin right that that's what grace is that we have this power through his spirit to overcome that sin we're all going to fall short constantly hopefully it's going to be you know less and less as we as we grow in him but that doesn't mean that that we are going to be perfect what what he wants is for our hearts to be perfect you know look at king david he was the only guy in scripture that said had a heart after God's own heart. Yet we see he was constantly in sin, you know, not constantly, but he, there was a lot of big sins that he had to tackle in his life. You know, he, he had issues that he had to work, work on and work through, but he still had a heart after God's own heart. Why? Because he, he was repentant when he realized his sin. He was repentant when he realized he, he tried to make excuses for it, try to push the blame on something else or on someone else, he, he owned up to that sin. He said, Father, you know, look, I, I know what I have done. I know that I am an heir. Will you forgive me of it? That is a repentant heart, and that is why we need to live in that constant state of repentance. Because I don't know about, about, about you, PD, but as I continue to learn, Zach, you just broke up. Just repeat learning. yourself quick. Uh, yeah, so you know, I I, I learned uh, that that sin is is I'm, I'm learning more about sin when when I'm learning about his instruction. So yesterday I might not have known something that I now know today, and that's why we have to live in that constant state of of repentance because we're growing and and we can't let sin hold us back from from what he's trying to accomplish in us. Amen. You know, it's it's all too easy for us to just you know it's like it reminds me of the garden. You know, the natural reaction right after they sinned was that they went to hide in the bushes and they don't want to, they like just don't want to see God's face, you know, and that is, and God actually came and searched for them. He walked through the garden. He's like, where are you guys? Why are you hiding? You know, obviously God knew very well what was going on, but he was calling, I want to submit that he was calling them to repentance. He was calling them to be like, let's talk about this thing. Let's come and work this thing out. That's why he called their name in the garden. And, you know, in the same way, you know, we are natural reaction. What the enemy wants us to go and do is hide in the bushes, to hide away from the callings of God, to hide away from what God calls, how God calls us to be, that identity that God calls us to be, and to rather than just, you know, uh, hide. But, we need to actually combat that and be like, you know what, if you fall, if you're falling into sin, you know, and be like, okay, I'm going to repent right now or repent and I'm going to go and I'm going to walk to God. I'm not going to walk away from him and hide away from him and do all that because that's exactly where the enemy wants you. That's where you will be useless for his kingdom because you're so guilt ridden that you feel like you can't, you can't do anything. And it's just a lie with the, like we just read in John that um, if, if we, 
if we do not sin, but if you sin, we have an atonement. We can come freely to Messiah and we can ask for forgiveness and we can repent and then we can turn away and then where we go and we're all good with them. We can go along and don't let that keep you away from that calling. And, and like you said with the guard, I thought that was pretty, pretty, a pretty profound statement, you know, that he was calling them out into, to repentance because we, we, we tend, you know, we tend to, with sin to, to do a lot of things, like I said, make excuses, pass the blame, whatever it might be. But we, we hide from God when we know that we have erred, when we know that we are, we are in sin. And that's exactly the time that we need God. And that's how the, you know, this whole, this whole topic is what's holding you back and, and why sin can hold you back is because we're afraid to seek God in that sin when that's when we need to be seeking him the most because we need to be seeking him, A, for forgiveness, and B, we need to be seeking him so that he can reveal to us how to move forward from it, that how, you know, how to learn more about him and more growing in that relationship with him so that the next time we're in that situation, that sin won't abound because because his grace will instead because he will empower us to walk the right way where we won't make that decision in the future. So instead of running from God, instead of hiding from God, you you look at Jonah. You know when when Jonah was was running because uh, he didn't want to go to go to Nineveh. Uh, you know we can't run from God. We, we we have to we have to you know own up to that sin. We have to face him uh, and come before him humbly so that he can help us walk in that way and, and not allow the enemy to hold us back. Amen. That's good, man. And you know, it, it, it also comes back to, you know, the, there's also this fear that we get a lot of times with it. And, um, you know, there's, there's kind of two kinds of fears in the world and it's, you have a godly fear of God where God calls us to fear him, but then we have a fear of other things. And, you know, there can, I want to read the scripture quick, um, before I go on one John four verse 18, uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love costs out fear because fear holds punishment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And he's saying like, hey, if, we, if you have a good understanding of the love of God, if you understand what we've been talking about that here, he's got forgiveness for you, he's got, he, he offers you to, an opportunity to repent and all that, then you, there isn't, you don't have to have a fear of punishment, that fear of, of basically you know, going to hell or whatever, eternal separation from him, whatever you want to call it. You know, because if we are truly following him, we're truly running after him with all we have, and we try our best to walk as he walked. And we're growing as we go. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, along the way, we are going to fall. But we need to get up, right back up, and keep running that race. You know, and uh, he, he says we love him because he first loved us. You know, he, his love for us, he came to die for you while you were still a sinner, while you were far from him, while all of that. You didn't want anything to do with him. We didn't want God. But he came to die anyway to get his divorce bride back. And, you know, that just a demonstration of his love for the sinner, for the one who actually denies him, who puts him on the cross. That is the, his love for that guy. How much more, what is his love for you who tries to walk as he walks, who tries to be like him, you know? And so, you know, when we fear other things, we're, we're really um, like other things like uh, whatever, like I mean, let's say um, fear of people or fear of what this guy's going to think of me or you know, whatever the case is, what we're really doing is we've got a bigger fear of that than a fear of God. Because 
when we have a godly fear of God, we will then go and say, you know what? God is on my side. I understand to have a fear of God. You need to understand how glorious, majestic and big he is, how amazing he is. Then you have a fear of him. And then it puts things in perspective and that you're not going to fear other things. You're now going to be like, God is for me. Who is against me? But if you fear other things, really what that talks to is you've got a bigger fear of other things than a fear of God. Because if you fear God, you won't fear other things because you know God. You know how big he is. You know how, how these other things are nothing in comparison to him. This great commission is so much more important than what someone is going to think of me, for example. Yeah, you took the word right out of my mouth again because our, our fear is oftentimes misplaced. You know, we, we, we fear the outcome uh, instead of having that, that, that godly fear of who he is. It says, it says that the, the, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You know, we're supposed to fear him, but it's not this, you know, horror film Freddy Krueger type of, of fear that he's going to punish us when, when we're wrong. But, you know, that he's, he is going to sternly correct us. And, and that, you know, that, that godly fear, that, that righteous fear that we're supposed to have for him is going to put us on that correct path. And it's going to, like PD said, put everything else in perspective. And, and Jesus said that, you know, in, in Matthew 6, when he's talking about worrying. And, and worrying is a, is a lot of oftentimes like fear, right? When we're worrying about something, we're fearful that something's going to happen. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Or, or your body or what you will wear, isn't life more than food and the body and clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to a lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't weaver or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles, the nations, eagerly seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't fear tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, and it goes back, and it kind of ties us all in, is what is our perspective? We can't allow all of these things to hold us back. We can't allow fear. We can't allow lack of time. We can't allow lack of priorities to hold us back from seeking the kingdom of God and bringing the kingdom of God to earth. You know, when, when he taught us how to pray, he's, he, he, he's, he told us that we should be seeking that, that his kingdom come, that his will be done. That's where our focus should be. It says that, that in, in what I just read, that we need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's his commandments. That's his instructions. That's how we know uh, that, that we are seeking it when we are following after his ways. And that's what's going to allow us to bring this, help bring this kingdom to earth. When we start walking in his ways and, and seeking him first, because we won't have time to worry. We won't have time to fear. We won't have time to think about all of these other things that are distracting us from him because uh, we, we're going to be seeking what he truly wants us to seek. Hey Amen. That's so good, man. I agree totally. You're, that's amazing. You know, and yeah, it, it speaks to the this this eternal perspective that we need to have. You know, and you know, like like I said in the beginning of the video, you can we can easily fall into this cycle of you know going to work and you know all that, coming home and looking up with kids and waking up and going to work and all that again. 
and we forget that take a step back and be like wow this is not what life is all about i mean that's a big part of life but what it's really about is this kingdom that's why you're here life is but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away forever like you've got one shot at this and you're not promised tomorrow what are you doing like what are we doing what is what is your day to day what are your thoughts what are you do what are you where's your putting your time what is your actions behind what you're studying up you know it's all too easy for us to fall into this i almost want to use the word matrix like this you know the enemy just keeps us so distracted and busy with other things that we that we lose focus you know i want to read this um, one uh, corinthians 9 verse 24 paul talks about here running the race he says do you not know that those who run in a race indeed all run but one receives the prize run in such a way as to obtain it and everyone who competes controls himself in every way okay now they do it to receive a corruptible crown but we for an uncorruptible crown therefore i run accordingly not with uncertainty thus i fight i fight not as one who beats the air but i treat my body severely and make it my slave lest having proclaimed to others i myself might be rejected he talks about this guy who runs and he r- controls himself in every way he you know when you're a runner and you're doing like long distance or 100 meters whatever you're doing you need every part of your body whatever sport you do every part of your body needs to be absolutely controlled to get to that finish line and to get there first you know it's like this prize that you're running for and so he's saying i fight he actually uses the word i fight you know and i treat my body severely so that i can accomplish this goal and so basically he's saying whatever my flesh does to try and get in my way whatever this body does to try and get in my way whatever this world the things of this world does that, that tries to get in my way from this end goal i need to to treat my body severely and get all that out of the way and make sure that i get there and stay focused on that end goal and that's why it's so important to know jesus that's why it's so important to know the the true uh, word of god the the living god who who isn't dead but is is alive and, and active and, and is transforming lives because I, I, I knew a version of, of Jesus growing up my entire life, but until I, I truly encountered him, until I truly got to know who he was and, and how he came to walk out the, to know uh, this beautiful law that, that God has given us, I didn't really grasp his power. I didn't really grasp who he was. My life really wasn't fully changed like I know it is now and, 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 and like the, the, the fire uh, that he has put in, inside of me and, and, and as you know, this, this drive that I now have to, to further his kingdom is because I, I had an encounter with the living God and, and I, I know his ways. And so, you know, my, my prayer out there right now is that if there's anybody watching and, and you haven't encountered this living God, that, that you would just you know ask him into your heart, that you would ask him to, to come be a part of your life, because I promise you it is it is life changing. And it's it's so much different than, than just hearing about Jesus or, or you know, sitting in, in, in church and, and listening to a, a feel good message An encounter with the living God will, will allow us to do that. Because like, like PD said, every, you know, inch of our body needs to be working perfectly to run that race. And when we don't know what sin is, because we don't, because the enemy has kept us from understanding his instructions and the enemy has kept us from understanding that his Torah, his law is good, then we will be constantly in sin. That's, that's why I never could fully encounter 
Jesus because I, I, I was constantly in sin, even though I didn't know that I was. And, and so when we know that we can deny the flesh because we truly come to know who he is. And, and that's why, you know, faith and works, like we've been talking, go hand in hand, because when we truly have faith, it, it's going to produce these works and, and not just, you know, feel good, do good works, but true works of the kingdom. Amen. You know, it's like Jeremiah 31, you know, I will rub my law on their hearts. You know, I'm going to change their nature. I'm going to change them from the inside out. It's that circumcision of the heart. And then that manifests and moves outward. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like repentance when you repent first before, when we first come to Christ, we repent first. And then we follow it with an outward manifestation of baptism, for example, you know, there's all these things that happens inside first. There's this inside transformation, this faith, it starts with this faith and it changes us. And we still look a little, we still do some things wrong and we're still learning along the way. And, and me, both me and Zach, we're still there. We're still learning things. You know, we're still changing our ways as we grow in him, you know, and, but, but we're asking him, we're coming to him and say, father, show me what's on my face. Show me the mud on my face. Show me what's wrong and help me to be more like you in that way. And then we fall in, but when we, when we trip on that race on that, and we just get up right back up, and we keep running because we know he's right there with us. He's there. He he picks us up by his grace and his mercy. And he allows us to, to walk forward and walk and run in the, the path that he has set apart for us, set aside for us. You know, um, there's this, there's this, I want to, I want to read this uh, part here. Um, this is for, I guess, I'm, I just want to talk about this quick. This is in terms of, you know, people who, um, Paul writes and he talks about those who are married. You know, he talks about living as if you had no wife. And it, and it sounds kind of crazy, but let me just read it for you quick. He says, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29, he says, And this I say, brothers, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. And those who weep as though they did not weep. And those who rejoice as if though they did not rejoice. And those who buy as if they did not possess. And those who use the world as not misusing it for the scene of this world is passing away. And he's basically, he's not, obviously he's not talking about that. You shouldn't, you know, these whole things important to you, like your wife and all, but he's saying like, this world is passing away. You need to not let the things of the world and what's going on around you distract you from the very important thing of this gospel of the kingdom that we need to be proclaiming. And, and so, you know, he says, live as if even though you have a wife, live as if you had none. And he's really just saying like, your wife, she's coming on that mission trip with you. Your kids, they're coming on that mission trip with you or whatever, the, whatever God is calling you, right? Um, bring them with you and let, don't let them now become your idol. Don't let the things of the world become your thing of now. Um, this is important. Now the kingdom is going on the back burner because you know, I have to, to look after them. But now you can incorporate them into this calling. They're part of your life. They're part of this bigger calling of God, this kingdom mindset that we need to have to be focused on this race. You know, they need to be running with you on that racetrack towards that goal. You hit it, you hit it on the head. I mean, and, and that's, that's exactly, you know, needs to be our focus. That, that needs to be our, our mindset that, that we're not, making idols, like you said, out of anything, you know, that, that it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, that, that time or that season. Oh, I, I, I really need to focus on this. I really need to focus on that. It's, it's easy to, to lose track, like you said. And, and, uh, I, this wasn't on our, on one of our bullet points, but 
um, I, I feel, you know, kind of kind of led to share uh, is that, you know, something that can really hold us back is pride. You know, pride is, is something that can really keep us from, from growing in God and, and growing in the creation. And, and pride might not always look like pride, you know, but uh, th- this, th- the journey that I've been on, I was so excited about the Torah and about the feast days and, and about, you know, learning all of this stuff. And when, when people were Zach, just repeat yourself. Uh, I think you just cut out there for a sec. Uh, okay. Zach it seems cuts like... in. John cuts in. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, along the lines, a lot of people are following the conversation. It's been a very edifying uh, discussion. John Pounders chimed in, said he is enjoying this uh, to the fullest. Uh, but to, to go on and, and uh, kind of further Zach's point, what he was just talking about, PD, can you further elaborate on that, where he was taking that? Um, yeah, you know, so God calls us to, to not put those things. But gives grace to the humble. I, oh, you're back. you're back. Yeah, man, just repeat yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry we lost you there for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what, what point did you lose me at? Um, the beginning of you saying about... Just leaving, pride. not getting idols, putting idols up and, and so on. Yeah, pride pride is something, you know, uh, pride was something that, that held me back from, from furthering my relationship with, with God. And it was, you know, after I had ex- accepted Jesus, after I came into the knowledge of his Torah, but I was so proud about what I was learning that it became less about growing in my relationship with him and it became a self-righteous attitude uh, to, to prove the people wrong who said I was an error or prove people wrong who said I was a fool and, and scripture speaks strongly about pride you know I, I was I was reading Proverbs 16 18 but I don't think you guys heard it that says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall and James in, in James 4 6 tells us therefore God said therefore it is it is said God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble because that can happen in this as well. When, when we're seeing, when we're seeing miracles being done, when we're, when we're going out and, and we are, are, are trying to further the kingdom that we make it into a pride issue, that we make it into a, a me issue, a self-righteous issue. Uh, we, we need to make sure that pride is not being our hindrance, that pride is not being our destruction and that we are constantly being humble because over the last two years that's what what god has worked in my life it's it's humility it's being humbled it's i don't need to always be right i don't need to always have all the right answers that i have the spirit of god and 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 that's so much more than than i personally can do and so having a humble spirit is so important because the proud uh that's what the enemy wants us to to have is that 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 pride which is going to be a hindrance it's going to hold us back from from seeing the true fulfillment of, of this kingdom. I mean, brother, you're kind of reading my bullet points right off here. <laughs> That's awesome. Praise God. You know, um, it, it's like but two, you can have two people, right? You can have um, two people. They're doing the exact same thing. They're going out and let's just make an example. And they're, they're feeding the poor and they're doing all these things, you know, but there can be a di- big difference in their hearts. The one is doing it for himself. The one is doing it for alternative motives, you know, and the other is doing it simply because he loves this person and he wants to exalt God. He wants to further the kingdom of God, you know. So, you know, we really must, like you, like you said, Zach, it was great. You know, we, we need to make sure that our hearts is in the right place 
and not to now start doing these things for so that I can be better than someone else or you know if anything we should only like be showing others this to encourage them and be like you know come and do this with me come and you know this is amazing you know not to be seen and to be exalted by men but let your father who sees your things in secret exalt you he will exalt you out in the open when he um uh, when you do think these things in secret you know and so yeah, like you said, it's really important. And I want to I read this, uh, just uh, John 6, verse 27 here. He says, Do not labor for the food that is perishing, but for the food that is remaining to everlasting life, which the Son of Adam shall give you for the Father God has set his seal on him. So they said to him, What should we do to work the works of God? And Yeshua answered and said to them, This is the work of God. <laughs> and here it comes. That you believe in him, whom the one whom he sent, and you you see like he could have gone and said like, so this is the work of God that you need to go out and do, and that is to keep the Sabbath or to feed the poor or to you know there's a long and all these things could be good right of course, but he says just believe in the one whom he sent because he knows that you can go and you can do these things you can be like I'm gonna if he said oh just you know keep a Sabbath oh everyone can keep a Sabbath but but is your heart transformed so that you're doing it for the right reason? Do you have a circumcised heart? Because the Pharisees kept the Sabbath really well, or they thought they did at least, but their hearts were uncircumcised, you know? And that's the thing, like God calls us to do this with the right heart. And the, the reason he said that, hey, this is the how you do the work of God is to believe in the one whom he sent is because when you believe in the one whom he sent, Yeshua knew that if you believe, number one, then you will obey. That will come from the belief. It's not now obey and then like we sort talked in the beginning, this whole faith and works. It's not now you just do the works, 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 but no, you have faith. You believe in the one whom he sent. You believe in what he told you. You believe that he loves you. You Because how can you love others if you don't know how he, what his love is? You need to believe him and what he said and thinks about you. And now from that place, you can be like, oh, God, I want to just love your people. Lord, I just want to go and I just want to, you know, I want to now go and feed the poor because you fed the poor and, and because you said that wh whatever I do to the least of these, I do unto you. You know, however I treat them, I treat you. Oh, God, let me treat them well because I believe in you. I love you. You see, there's a big difference in what our hearts can look like. And we need to audit that heart. Zach, what you said, yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's beautiful, man. So before I jump off here, guys, I just want to throw in a scripture because it just popped out at me and I just pulled it up really quick. It's going on along the pride and what they're saying and listen to what they're saying. It's, it's what Yeshua says in Luke 14, 11. He says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And in obeying the father through and by Yeshua, we humble ourselves before him because we know that his ways are better than ours. And we're saying yes to him. And know to ourselves and as we humble ourselves he exalts us and so when we go out and preach the gospel and we go out and witness to our friends and fellow brothers and sisters and who are at the grocery store or wherever you're at and you humble yourself and you're saying yes to him he will exalt your works he will he will bless you and ultimately drop the seed and start watering somebody else that needs to hear his word great i'm, I'm sorry guys had to interject i was just no, waiting for Love you guys. Keep going.
Yeah, I mean, what you said about the seed, it just like, it reminded me, you know, how can you bear good fruit? You, like a, a plant cannot bear good fruit unless the root and where it's rooted is good. You know, it has to be rooted. You need to be rooted in Yeshua. And if you're rooted in him, then you will bore, bear good fruit. And if you're not, if you're rooted in something else, if you're, then you will bore, bear bad fruit. You'll, and the tree is known by its fruit. So uh, then you'll, you're, the whole plan is going to backfire because how are you going to testify of this God that's love and all these things if you're not rooted in him, if it doesn't start in your faith in him, but rather in your ministry that you want to build or, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're planting yourself in. And, and exactly it all starts with a seed right an apple seed can't turn into an orange tree you know an apple seed is going to bring about an apple tree so if if, if the seed that is within us is is not sown from god then it can't turn into the fruit that we want it to turn into we we can't you know sow seeds of the flesh and it, expect them to turn into godly things it, it has to be godly seeds that we sow and, and, and like you and, and john are saying it all comes from this obedience that we believe and that causes us to obey, which causes the fruit to come. There, there's, there's instructions, there's commands that we might not understand, right? Not understand, you know, why, why we are to do a certain thing. You know, Yom Teruah, the, the feast of trumpets that's coming up, it says to, to, to blow a ram's horn. There's not many instructions that go along with that day. You know, there's a lot of tradition that has come, come from it, but we, 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 we're not really told why we are to do it. But we do it because we believe, because we trust him. And even though we might not understand why we're doing it, we trust him enough that we're saying, Father, we, we know that you're giving us this instruction. We know that you're giving us this command. Your ways are better than ours. So we're going to do it because we know uh, that, that, that we love you in the way that you want to be loved. Amen, brother. Exactly. You know, it's, it just comes down to the simplicity of the gospel and that walk, whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It's as simple as that. You know, I just want to, there's a question here uh, that I, that I just found here. I want to just read, um, you know, so the question is, how do we approach a minister who seems to make the law or even Yah God out of our grasp? It seems one or two teach it in such a way that we must be perfect or we are doomed. I just found it to be a stumbling block. In principle, I agree, but sometimes I feel uh, like in a total lost uh, soul hears you first, they will not feel worthy and even reach for the truth, reach for the hem of Yeshua's garment. And yes, that is, you know, there are, unfortunately, you know, there are people who teach that unless you are absolutely perfect, and in other words, what I mean by that is sinless, then you cannot, you can't come to God, you know. And again, now it's coming back to this thing we discussed in the beginning where now we are falling into what, what the Pharisees fell into, basically, certain Pharisees, and where they believe that it's their works that's going to bring them closer to God. You know, if the fact of the matter is we just read in John that everyone sins, everyone um, falls short. But we have an intercessor. We have atonement. But, you know, it is, it is it's a danger, honestly, to teach that... Um, you need to be sinless. You need to be so perfect. And if you make a mistake, like you're, you need to go hide in those bushes, basically, because you've got no chance to get to God. Um, but that's that's actually in itself nullifying what Yeshua came to do, because the the reason He came is so we can come back to the Father. That's why we can, when we fall, we can get up and get back to Him. 
they actually have biblical precedents and biblical advice for how to handle new believers, right? It's it's don't burden them with everything. It's it's Acts 15. Yes. This is deal with these big sins first. Everybody's going to have a big sin in their life, right? It's not going to be the big sins of Acts 15, hopefully not, of, of drinking <laughs> blood and, and temple prostitution and whatnot. But we all have big sin that we have to deal with first when we encounter God. We can't continue walking in that big sin of our of our life. Uh, when we first encounter God, so so when we're when we're discipling and when we're when we're you know encountering these these new believers, that's what we deal with first. We we talk to them about that really big sin that that might be holding them back. They have to they can't do that sin, you know. Let let's work on that first, and then it tells us in Acts 15 each week as they come into the synagogues, they're going to listen to Moses and they're going to be convicted in their heart when they're hearing the words that are spoken, when they're hearing the the, the verses. We're not going to have to convict them because we're going to the, the spirit of God is going to convict them through those words that they're going to have that heart change. So so when we encounter, you know, these these lost souls, as that question stated, yeah, let's help let's help them deal with that big sin. And then, you know, as we get them into the word, we're discipling them. The spirit of God will convict them. We can be there to answer questions. We can be there to you know help point them in the right direction. But the spirit of God is what's going to continue to convict we can't open the eyes. We can't open the ears. We can only, you know, help and point them in the right direction so that the Spirit of God can. Amen, you know, and, you know, it, it really speaks also to how we need to have a, we need to have focus and, and priority. And, like, when someone comes in as a drug addict, I'm not going to tell them, uh, drop the whole Bible, the whole Torah on his table and be like, okay, brother, you need to keep all that stuff. Like, and, and honestly, I'm, you know, there is a lot of people who do that and it's totally wrong. It's ungodly and it brings, takes people away from God because if you bring, now you're pu putting this book of requirements in order to be right with God on someone's table where it's missing the point completely where the law is supposed to be written on the heart. You need to have faith in Yeshua. The law is written on your heart. The law, it's written on your heart, will now convict you. The Spirit will now convict you and cause you to be obedient to the Word. But the Spirit, like you said, Zach, the Spirit is going to do it. And we go and we just, we go and we, we say, okay, you've got this drug addiction, brother. Let's look at this drug addiction. Let's let's try and let's get free from this thing, right? I'm not going to go and tell him like, there are 600 commandments, go and keep those 600. No, that's, then he's sitting with his drug addiction. Like Acts 15, they said, hey, these few things, sexual immorality, etc. These things you need to, guys need to sort out because this is your issues. Your you just came out of paganism. You're struggling with this sort this out and then we'll get to the rest of the things we'll get to the rest and 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 it's not now you see now that we need to be understand that we're faith saved by grace through faith in messiah because if we don't we're going to think that we need to keep all this stuff that's how we get saved man if that's how i'm going to get saved i'm doomed like I've, i'm i'm i might as well give up because there's no way that i'm going to make that the that meet that standard that holy standard of god it's just this spirit that's going to change my heart. It's going to change my character. It's going to make me focus on the things that is right in front of me right now. And, you know, and that's that. And as ministers of the gospel, we need to have the same thing. We need to let the spirit lead and take it one step at a time. You know, I, I've told people who come in, who've come, came into our fellowship, like, you know, when they often ask, so what do I need to do to, to do what do I, what do I have to do? I'm like, no, Wait, well, hold up, you know, um, let's, what you need to do is come to fellowship 
and we're going to go through the Bible in a year. And along the way, you're going to you're going to you're going to read and you're going to learn things. And you're going to hear things that, oh, I'm not doing that or, oh, this is I'm convicted here. And you're going to apply those changes and I'm going to be there for you. and We're going to help you and disciple you. But, you know, it's it's not like, oh, well, you, you want to know what you need to do? Well, here's, here's the Bible. Do all of this, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, there has to be that balance. And that's why it's the narrow road, right? Because we, we, we can't just let people stay in sin, but you also can't, you know, burden them with, with this, uh, you know, a pharisaical, legalistic view of, of the law. You know, it's, it's spirit and truth. Everything is, is a narrow, narrow path. And, and that's why we have to be, you know, constantly being led by the spirit so that we can have this balance. And then we're not, you know, letting someone just stay in sin and, and not telling them, you know, that, that they might be an heir. And likewise, not being a, a, a Torah terrorist or pagan police going out and, and telling everybody every little thing that they're doing wrong. That, that's not being led by the spirit either. You know, Paul was dealing with the, that exact thing and, and constantly coming against it. And, and so was so was Jesus. So was Yeshua. You know, he said to the rich young ruler, go and sell everything and you will inherit, inherit eternal life. That's not for everybody to go and sell everything, but that was what was holding him back, his, his possessions, his stuff. You know, likewise, he, he said to the, to the man who had to bury his father, he said, let the dead bury the dead. Again, it, that, that doesn't mean that we don't go to any funeral services or that we don't attend memorials for people who that one specific thing that was holding that guy back. And so in theme of this, in, of this message and this, this conversation today is what's holding you back? You know, what, what are, what's the, the thing in your life that you need to work on? It's, it's not going to look like mine. It's not going to look like PD. It's not going to look like the rich, the rich young ruler who had to go and sell all his possessions. But there's something that might be holding you back. There, there's a sin. There's, there's a, a topic. There's, a, there's a, a life something that is holding you back from experiencing God. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Scripture tells us the enemy came to, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it might not look as blatant. It might not look as big. But there's a little thing. There's a little thorn in your life that will develop. And it will turn into this big thing. And it will hold us back from seeing that full kingdom of God experienced in our life. Amen, brother. Oh, this is so good. Praise God. You know, I just want to praise God right now, like for this bird who, that, that's moving. You know, it's it's just amazing how, like, you basically you read all my bullet points. I think I read all yours, <laughs> and and um, yeah, you know, I just uh, want to praise God in that. And you know, brothers and sisters, it's it's actually so simple. It's actually so easy. You know, it's just it's just taking it one step at a time. We like to overcomplicate things. We like to take like I said, you know, take the whole book and drop it on the table and be like, well, no, you know, there is a, this is, we're talking about a relationship with the Father. We're talking about being like, Yeshua, Lord, show me prayer life, intimacy, that whole thing of, you know, um, and, and, and letting him lead you. You know, all everything we've been talking about, we've been talking about like the Great Commission and things like that. And, you know, how it's like, like Zach said, how it's going to look for me and how it's going to look for him and how it's going to look for you. It's going to be different. And you need to go before the Father, go today, go tonight and be like, Father, what is, how do, how do I walk this thing out? How am I going to not be one of those 51% of churchgoers who don't know what the Great Commission even is? How am I going to be one of the, I don't know how much percent, very small percentage that actually knows it and, can, and does it in their life, walks it out? Because surely the master's going to come back and he is going to look at our life in that way. Not, and I'm not talking about salvation now. 
I'm just talking about he's going to look at our life and he is going to be like, so did you did you do what I sent you out to do? Were you a good and faithful servant with what I entrusted you with? Because I entrusted you with great things. And, and so that's what this is, guys. We just want to encourage you to use your talents wisely and mind the time. The time is running out. And, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. Yeshua is coming back. And, yeah, we need to get on this, get on board with this thing. Because this is the gospel of the kingdom. This is what the disciples did. This is what the first century church did all the way through. And then somewhere along the way, we kind of lost touch of this. And now we're sitting in the 21st century, 2018. And we're, we've got 10% of millennials who, knows, who just knows what the Great Commission is. You know, it's like that is where it's going. And then the path is just getting narrower and harder to stay on in the midst of this world and everything that it comes to bring against violence, all the violence it tries to bring against the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys with this, you know, pick up your cross and run with, run with this thing, run the race after Yeshua and this calling. Amen. And, and I want to end, end with this and, and, you know, let, let this kind of sum up, you know, everything that we've talked about today. And, and I heard a, I heard a teacher, uh, Jim Staley one time say, and it, it was something that stuck so much with my heart and so great that it, it you know it's it's a it's a word i hear almost every day and it's do you want to have to face the almighty one day and, and have him show you the the zach straherick that you could have been the pd that you could have been the the john hall that you could have been but we didn't listen to his voice there were those small moments when he said to to go and talk to that person that that you didn't know or, or those moments where he, he told you to go and do something, but we, we didn't obey. As little as it might seem in that moment, we don't know the huge impact that it could have had, the, the lives and lives that it could have changed. So the scariest thing is, is facing our, our almighty creator one day and having to see the person that we could have been, but we didn't listen to his voice. So don't let the enemy hold you back. Do not let... The, the, the adversary keep you from from pursuing and, and being and living that life that God has has destined you to live. Amen. Amen. I mean that's so good. You know, I just I just want to answer this question on YouTube quick. Um, you know, someone asked it's a really, really good question. Uh, so what is sin? Is it not following the law? Is it wickedness? Is it anything that displeases Yah? Would Yah accept us with sin? Okay, so, you know, 1 John 3 verse 4 says sin is a transgression of the law. That's the definition of sin. That is how it's defined in Scripture. So the law of God, God's instructions, he, he gave it as a, it's like, it's like a, 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 a love letter to his bride, if you will. On, and and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's like, it's how Yeshua lived, okay? It's how Jesus lived. So, and Jesus is looking for a bride equally yoked with him. He's looking for a bride who's going to walk as he walked. Now, but the, th the, the thing is, is that he also came to die for his bride. You see, in the bigger picture, we were divorced from God and that, you know, God, we, we went whoring, Israel went whoring with the nations. You know, the northern house of Israel went whoring with the nations. And we basically were far off from God. We were in a way divorced from him. And then God came and the only way that he could get us back is to come and die for us, to come and he, he actually came 
and and sent his son Yeshua and Jesus and he came to die for us to bring us back into covenant with him to restore uh, um, relationship and so you know the yes yeah, so the, the the definition of sin is that it is the breaking of God's instructions but now like we read earlier in John if we do sin, if we do fall, he says, brothers and sisters, I write to you, do not sin. I ask you, do not sin. Run after the Father. But if you do, then you have atonement, like I've said. So that means that, yes, as long as we live in this place of continuous repentance, of being like, oh, uh, Lord, I'm trying to get free of this thing. I'm going to talk to an addiction, for example, right? Um I just feel like maybe this is an issue like that, for example. You know, let's say, you know, you're addicted to something. And you've got this addiction, like I mentioned earlier, like a drug addiction, or maybe it's lust, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's whatever it is, you know, you have this thing and you're going, you're falling and falling and falling. You know, the thing is that we need to go and say, Father, Lord, help me, help me. And you repent, you say, Father, I don't want to do this. God, you need to change me. Lord, you need to change my, you need to deliver me. God, you need to call on his name and for deliverance. And then in that place, you go and you like what we talked about, you don't go and hide in the bushes. You go and you come into his presence freely with the atonement that he gave. He came to get you back with his death, to wash away your sins, make you clean, white as snow. And so, yes, you know, and, so, and oftentimes we find that these things are challenges. We sit with sins that we struggle with for a while. We, we, we get up and we fall and we get up and fall. But then after a while, we God changes our hearts. If we keep on seeking Him, keep on running after Him to a place. And one day we, and I have seen this in my life. One day you just wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I am so done with this. Because you, have, you, you see, the way that you get free from sin is not by looking at the sin all the time. It's by looking at the face of God. Because that's when you look at His face, then you don't look at the sin. You know, Satan wants you to look at the sin. He wants you to look at the guilt. He wants you to be shamed and all that. Look at the face of God. Seek His face and the sin will fall away because if you look at the holiness of God and His light, there is no room for darkness. There's no room for any of that. You know, so usually we're really talking about an issue of intimacy. We're talking about an issue of being like, of spending time in His presence and in His light, immersing yourself in Him. And there He comes and He delivers you. And by nature, you get change and things just fall away. And we can start an easy way to do that is by, by reading his commands and, and meditating on them. You know, it's, it's, it talks about uh, in, in, in Psalms, uh, Psalms, Psalms one about, about the, the way of the righteous will be, will be someone who is meditating continually on the law of God, that they will be like a tree planted by water and that whatever they do, they will flourish. You know, he is, that living water, when we meditate on him, we're meditating on his instructions, we're meditating on his commands, we will be that tree. It's a, it's a promise. That, that's a promise from God to us. And we can take that word face value that he is in the return of that promise that we our time and effort into his word that we are going to see the the fruit come from it you know the deuteronomy 6 4 is the shema hero israel the lord our the lord our god is one that we are to love the lord god with our hearts with our soul with our mind and, and he goes on to say that we are to bind his his commands his words on our hands and our forehead and, and not literally in the actions everything that we're doing with our hand and in our eyes just repeat yourself there's actually you just lost you for a sec. Just can you hear me now? So, yes. So when we when we 
do when we do his commands, bind them on our hand, our actions, and when we think about his commands constantly, uh, uh, bind them as frontlets on our on our eyes, then we will see this this transformation take place. If if we're meditating on him, as PD said, we're we're going to be seeing the goodness of him. If we're meditating on, on the world and meditating on, on the sin, then, then we're going to see the sin take place. It's, it's reaping what we sow. And, and, and that seems to be the, the theme of, the, of this talk today is where are we going to place our time? Where are we going to place our energy? But th- that was a great question. You're right. Amen. 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 Perfect. Thanks, brother, for adding that. It's perfect. Um, you're awesome, guys. So, yeah, Zach, I don't know if you have anything else to add to this, you know, um, but you guys, I think, you know, it just comes down to, you know, uh, you know, this is, you know, come and come to the father and just say, say, father, make me like this, you know, have that intimacy with him, read the word, you know, and, but then not only read, but go and do go out and don't just have a Bible study every Shabbat, you know, but go out and do say today, today you need to go and be like, look at your calendar and be like, okay, next Friday, we're going to go and we're going to go and do this. We're going to go and do that. I want to do this at my workplace or I want to do this at school. You know, I I don't want to be stuck with these video games anymore and just spend all my time on that. I want to go and I want to be because time is short and I need to be effective for the kingdom. All right, guys. So may God bless you guys. Uh, That's it from my side. And thank you so much for tuning in. Anything else to add, Zach? I just want to say thank you to you both for allowing me to be here today, and uh, and it's. I'm I'm, I'm thankful to see uh, the impact that the body can go out and, and make in the world, and that when we come together as the hands and feet, that that's what we will see. Before I let you both go, uh, PD Zach, please, uh, PD, if you go first, people are wanting to know where they can plug in to the ministry that that you're a part of and Zach, you as well. So if you can let people know where they can find you guys. Sure. Um, so the, the ministry, my ministry's name is rise on fire and you guys, can, if you want to hear more, you can just go to search it on YouTube, rise on fire or youtube.com slash rise on fire. One word. And yeah, you can follow my channel there. Deal. Uh, we have a uh, small community. House Ministries, a uh, book, uh, My House Ministries, and on YouTube, My House Ministries, um, and, and we just uh, we're, we're not we're not teachers, we're not preachers. Uh, we, we're uh, a family who who loves the Word of God and uh, loves sharing it uh, with other families. And, and uh, so, as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord, and, and, and we hope that uh, we can all continue to serve uh, the Lord together. And so with that said, everyone who's watched this, please uh, go back and rewatch it. Uh, I've been edified by this. I've wanted to interject a few times. And, you know, when you broke up, it's like I'm jumping in. I got to jump in. This is a great conversation. But bottom line is emulate the Messiah wherever you're at so people can see him in you. And that's what this is all about, guys. And this has been a topic of what's holding you back an eternal perspective. Please go back and rewatch this. Share this with your friends. Put it on your Facebook page. It's been a great conversation, guys, and I appreciate you allowing me to come along for the ride. No pun intended, Zach. <laughs> I knew I had to throw that in. I got I got a long way to go. We got we got four four and a half more hours. So uh, I uh, uh, appreciate all the prayers and, and uh, appreciate the laughter because you need it on these long journeys. So amen to that. So I will say shalom, everyone. 
And uh, we'll see you actually, I guess, tonight on Crossing Over with Jessica. Shalom. Shalom.